0: Welcome to the Hear It podcast. I'm your host Rebecca Roberts and each week we're going to be speaking to different guests about their take on how to engage a youth audience. I really hope you like it. Hi, welcome to episode six of the Hear It podcast. Now this is our last episode where we look at creating an online community for young people and I also wanted to make this about students because I'm really interested in how important it is that we've done that legwork and we've created that online community when the going gets tough. Like you literally can't pick up a paper at the moment without. The discussions around local lockdowns and how what students are facing, will they be able to go home at Christmas, etc. etc. So I'm speaking to Pro from Lancaster University this time. Here's what she had to say. So hi, welcome Kat. Thanks for ever so much for coming on the podcast today.
1: Hi Rebecca, thanks for having me.
0: Well, for those of you who don't know Kat, could you tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you've landed at Lancaster and the
1: role you do there? Yeah, so um my name's Kat and I am the marketing coordinator. Specialising in campaigns at Lancaster University, uh, so I've been at Lancaster for about eight years now, so a hell of a long time, and in various different roles. Um, and I actually started in um, program administration, so I worked in the in the sociology department and looked after current students and getting them through their their studies. And I think what that really opened up to me was the value of kind of student communities, and that really got me interested into online communities and our social media. And then uh, from there kind of made the side move into into marketing. Um, and then that the rest is history and here I am. And you've talked
0: before at different events about the importance of sort of cultivating that right community through the channels you have and sort of finding the right tone of voice. So tell us a bit more about how you do that at Lancaster.
1: One of the things that we've um, at Lancaster have spent a lot of time and hard work doing is really putting a value-led approach into all of our content. And I think What I mean by that is that um, any piece of content that we put out, whether that's on web or social media or print or or whatever it is, I think that we have, um, you know, a specific uh, unified tone of voice um, that serves our audience in the best way. So when I talk about tone of voice, I'm not necessarily talking about a platform specific voice like um, yeah obviously your governance page for example is going to be um, really really different than if you were presenting that on an Instagram story or or something like that and I think it goes on it goes far beyond um, something that's either formal or casual or funny or serious I think that what we're actually talking about is a real architecture of our voice um, and how we want to sound and what we want to get across the message that we want to get across um, and I think one of the things that we've done to, to unify that at Lancaster is really thinking about what our messaging priorities are as an institution. And um, a lot of that is really values-led. So um, obviously we're a college campus, college university, so community is kind of the top of all of our um, priorities for messaging. Um, we really, really want to get into that um, on all aspects of our comms, no matter what the level. Um, we're also a, you know, a hub of knowledge as an education institution. Um, we're responsible, we're um, you know, all of those things that are pr- prestige, all of that. But I think what always shines for me is is how supportive and friendly and inclusive Lancaster is. And that's something that we really take um, quite seriously in all of the comms that we put out and we make sure that we're um, addressing those values in anything that we're creating, any piece of content that we're creating. It's almost like you're building like a personality for your campus. Exactly. Yeah, I think that that's a really nice way of putting it, actually. And um, I was reading a, I can't remember who it was now, but someone online had said that sometimes when they're imagining, um, you know, talking for their institution, they imagine that they're talking as a person. And I was trying to think really, really hard about who that person would be for, for Lancaster. And um, I think it would be someone like, maybe like Michelle Obama, that's kind of, you know, obviously speaks. know very very well and uh, um with a lot of prestige but is also really human and I think really empathetic and funny and informative I think that you know that might be a nice a nice person to embody at Lancaster and you know if maybe we could give her an honorary degree or something that would be cool but um (laughs) yeah I think that's a really really nice way of um humanizing one's voice and and giving kind of personality to the the messages that we're putting out is to think okay who am I speaking as? You know, I'm, I'm speaking as Lancaster University, but who might that sound like? And, and what does my audience want to hear? I think it's a much healthier way
0: than thinking about like a set of rules and guidelines. So I think they're important, but it can be, that can be quite
1: stifling. Absolutely. And I think like I've, what I've seen before is is some people, um, some institutions or, or brands or, or whatever have like a, almost like a glossary of, of texts that they'll use. And that kind of constitutes what their voice is. And I just think that having that amount of you know static is is really not not helpful when you're trying to write comms you know there, there are going to be some times when you've got to be really sincere and serious and there are going to be some times when you can be a bit more playful and I think having something that's as rigid as a you know a tick list of things that you have to hit in every every piece of content is um, you know it's it's, un, it's not attainable.
0: I agree. Um, so university campuses in general are pretty diverse. Um, you know, you've got students from around the world, you've got academic staff, researchers, businesses that operate on campus. How important is it to reflect that? And more specifically, when it comes to diversity and inclusion, how do you make sure you amplify the right voices?
1: So I think reflecting that diversity of our of a campus is absolutely paramount to, to any community. I think that um, we're nothing without every strand of that web of, of community. I think that the, you know, the porter who makes sure that a student gets their parcel from their, you know, auntie is just as important to that student's journey that day as, as their lecturer might be. And I think that, um, you know, to showcase that value at every level is a real privilege to have as an institution. That, um, you know, we have all of these amazing people and these amazing parts to our Community that that make us who we are, um, and to showcase them and to really shout about them is is something to be totally celebrated. And I, and I just I don't know why you would wouldn't want to be engaging with with every level of you of your community, diversity inclusion more broadly. Um, it's non negotiable to be empowering voices that that need to be heard. It's far more than a than like a legal. Or moral obligation again it's it's a privilege to support people who who make us who we are and I think if if where their voices you know aren't being heard it is our responsibility to make sure that we give them a platform um, and I can see that you know some institutions institutions or businesses might see that as a risk um, that you know maybe putting a, a a voice um on a platform that. Um, is perhaps underrepresentative. They might might see that as a little bit of a of a reputational risk. But you know, if people are seeing it as a risk, then it really does bring into question how authentic that brand or that community is. Because I th- I just feel like if you're not proud of all of the members of your community, and if you're not uplifting those that need to be uplifted, um, you know, then then what are you doing? I think it, it becomes a real fakeness that is is so unattractive. Um, you know, it, it is an, an intract, unattractive in a person, but even more so unattractive in a in a brand or an institution or or an online community. And what would be your main pointers if anyone that's looking at building a community online for young people? What would be your main kind of advice? There's so much advice that I would give to people building a, a campus community online. I think accountability, I think, is a really important one. And I think that you know we we were talking a little bit about diversity and and inclusion and I think that accountability is certainly something that you know we're all we are all human and we all do make mistakes and we can't all know everything on a certain topic so I think it's important for us to to own that and say where we can grow where we've made a mistake um, we need to own it and be sincere where institutions um, make a mistake I think there's sometimes there's a bit of a reluctance to to own up to it and to to say, oh, you know, look, we, we really messed up. Um, you know, we want to be as useful to our audience as we possibly can. And I think a really important part of that is to is to want to improve and want to improve as an institution. And I think the best way that we can do that is through engaging our community and making sure that we are listening, actively, you know, changing and growing, I think. Um so I think that would be one one pointer. I think consistency is really important again talking about tone of voice. Um I think if we're if you're one person online and then you're another person on campus then that is a real disconnect and I think that it's really important for that tone of voice and that that personification of an institution to be consistent. Um and I do think it's important for that to be the case across all platforms. So Um, you know if I pick up someone's prospectus or an offer letter or um, you know an admissions email and it doesn't sound like the person that I've seen on Twitter or on their web page or or wherever um, you know that to me would be really disconcerting and I think that um, one really good way to look at it is that You know, if you met someone face to face and they were really, really different um, one to one than how they were with the group of their friends, that would be an instant red flag for me um, in terms of a relationship. And I think that often um, campuses and universities might think, okay, I need to be one way in my admissions communications, for example, and another way in my marketing communications, when actually... I think that they need to be part of the same conversation. It needs to be part of the same voice. Um, and yeah, having that consistency, I think, really helps to build a community and really helps to engage your community with that authenticity of the of the institution, which is is invaluable.
0: Yeah, I think that's a real common problem sometimes with social is that there is a whole... We need to be more fun and down with the kids. And whilst I appreciate TikTok or Twitter or Instagram might have a different piece of content and a different tone slightly, it would still be a fraction of who you are rather than a totally, they still want you to behave like an institution, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, the reputation of an institution is um, is always going to come out on top and is always going to be a priority for institutions and for the, for the people that are, are looking after them. And so with that in mind, you know, having that consistency um, is, is so, so important because I think as your voice develops, I think as an institution, it just it just does start to fit into the different platforms. And you start to have that architecture of messaging and messaging priorities that do tend to then just just naturally form and naturally fall um, to, to sit on any platform on, an, on any type of content i think it's it's really important to talk about accessibility as much as it is um diversity and inclusion i think that um you know when you've worked so hard on on your tone of voice of your piece of content um you want to make sure that everyone can experience it and everyone can experience it as as well as everyone else um so i think that that really needs to be um part of your community discussions is how can i make sure that you know my tone of voice is um, received and and engaged with um effectively by by every user and i think accessibility has a huge huge part to play in that so you know making sure that things have alt text if they're images making sure that things are um are laid out appropriately um making sure that you know even just getting to the point if there's a if there's a bit of information that someone really needs um, i think that all of these things might sound quite simple, but actually, in terms of building a, a campus community online, uh, really, really key. You want to make sure that your audience can get the information that they need when they need it. And when things get tough, such as local lockdowns or
0: breakouts or whatever,
1: I was really interested in that
0: notion of like how vital a role does that community play? How important is it to invest in that? Because an official
1: statement coming in isn't going to land if you've not really put the graft in to build a community in the first place. Absolutely, I think that when tough things happen when you know there's crises I think that the community really is paramount in the in the messaging that's going across I think you know you mentioned about like blanket statements or official statements and I think quite often they can be read as sort of pure performatism and I think that that's something you want to really avoid obviously as an institution but also just as a human being you know in moments of crisis, we we want to appear sincere. We are sincere about, um, you know, whatever has happened. And I think that engaged audience see right through that um, those messages and it can be really damaging. And I think it can actually do more harm than good. Um, and I think in situations where a statement's needed, I think that first thing for a community like ours is to remove ourselves a little bit from that stuffiness of, of formality and that remembering that being sincere and serious Um, doesn't mean having to, um, you know, be void of empathy. Um, I think it's so important for us to be empathetic with our audience, especially at the moment. And I think the situation around COVID has really, really showcased that, that, you know, we're all in the same boat in this situation. And and maybe that's quite rare for for crises in that this is obviously a shared crisis between our um, audience and and us. Um, But I think... Just being able to say you know we' we're, we're a community and we're in this together is actually so so important at a time of crisis you know just to hear just for you know our students or our staff or our um, parents of applicants or whoever it might be whatever audience is is tuning in just to know that um, you know we're here and we empathize and you know we can work it th- we can work on it we can get through this together I think is is absolutely you know, invaluable um and I think that having that dynamic support that um, you can get through comms and you know being able to talk to people one-to-one sometimes or sometimes be able to be a little bit light-hearted like you said you know um and really reading the room in that respect you know that's all down to the community that you've built um as, as part of your your campus community online
0: yeah so much of student life well everyone's life I guess has moved online in the past sort of, six months um you know I think you're you're you've probably been busier than ever because you're trying to you know digitize everything that might have been in person and so like I was interested about like what examples you've had from I guess from students or you know community examples of things that have happened um that
1: you think have gone really well because of lockdown one thing that has really come out of um of, of of like say having to move everything online is that the silos that we sometimes find ourselves working in in higher ed have almost been broken a little bit and i don't maybe this is just my institution and i'm i'm very lucky but i've certainly found that um you know now that everyone is a teams message away it's a lot easier for us to reach out to you know say a specific department or you know facilities or um, admissions or whoever it is whichever person we're trying to engage with um that has become a lot more i guess attainable um because we are all sitting at home you know waiting for that team's message to appear or where um you know no one is up and out of their desk or no one's away from their desk at a meeting um i just think that that has really helped the fact that everyone is is present has certainly helped r- remove that kind of a of a barrier of communication, um, I'm thinking in terms of online community stuff. Um, I mean, the students have been amazing throughout um, lockdown in, in showing support and being, you know, real pillars of the community. And I think um, the colleges as well at Lancaster have just been been incredible at that. And and one of the things that I think has really has, has stood out as well is that um, a lot of our content creators. Um, we're so so quick to just switch up their their content tactics in that they were able to suddenly write about being working from home and tips for working at home, or they were able to um, you know record a video about how to make the most of your online open day or um, how to research universities when you can't go to a, a physical open day. And I'm i just been so so proud of, of some of the content creators' um, versatility and 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 how they've adapted. To the to the brief, I guess that we 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 give our our content creators, um, and have done that pretty much unprompted. I think that that's been been so so impressive.
0: Is there a particular brand or organisation or campaign that you can think of that does a really good job in terms of engaging children or young people? Oh, this
1: was a really hard question, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and when I really thought about it I I what immediately came to mind was I suppose it's it's maybe it's it's a, a a little bit of a of a step away from the question but the learn on TikTok trend which is um has been going around for a couple of months now um has been amazing and it's not a particular brand or um organization but it's it's really a lot of individuals who are um showcasing a skill or a piece of knowledge into into tiktoks and i just think it's incredible and i've i've genuinely learned so much from uh, from all of these different things and and to pick out a few there's a there's a chiropractor who um, is like one of my favourite people to engage with on TikTok. I mean, that is like the ultimate over thirty on TikTok, isn't it? <laughs> but I'm I'm loving a chiropractor. Is there a <laughs> <laughs> but really? I think that they've um, you know the the whole aim of the of the hashtag of the trend is to get snippets of information out in this TikTok format that people can then you know consume really really quickly. And particularly like that has helped me so much in that. Um, you know they've they've given me tips for my for my back, and I just think that the way that they've done that, um, that lots of other individuals have done that with skills like money advice for young people, or skills like um, writing a CV. I saw an amazing one about how to how to write, you know, an effective CV, especially if your you know your um, exams have been cancelled. I think was the was the example. So I think rather than thinking of a, a particular. Um, brand or organisation I would just encourage everyone to go and look at that tag on TikTok because there's just such a wealth of knowledge and it's being delivered to these young people in a way that they can easily consume and a way that you know they can do it whilst just while they're scrolling scrolling through I just I think it's fascinating. I think um that whole rise in edutainment so buzzword
0: I guess the next few months has been you know, that has led to TikTok, it's something like 12 or 30 million pounds they're investing in um, educational content, yeah. so universities, museums, that kind of thing, and I think that what I like about that is, I suppose, a lot of, um, I guess, more academic content, or the detailed content, you'd say, well, how would that possibly, you know, how would that go on TikTok, but actually, it's almost like a start, a conversation starter, and you know, and I just like that idea of where well, you could put something simple on there, and entice people, to you know go to where they are and then maybe that
1: will build absolutely and i think that um you know especially at a time where you know maybe we're not able to make physical connections or young people aren't able able to make physical connections being able to get those synapses firing um in other ways i just think is so so needed at the moment and and um i think the the educational content on on lots of different platforms but but tiktok's particularly has just been so impressive because it, it's um it's effective it, it really works and I think like you said like people um can easily so easily get engaged and then go and learn more um and I just think that that is is amazing.
0: I learned that on the end of foil and cling film there is these little pre like perforated little bits you can no poke way. in to keep the wrong film and I was like oh my god how I was today years old and literally I've told so many people that is like the totally
1: late 30s excitement of my life, but... <laughs> I think, like, genuinely, like, life hacks and stuff like that, I think, um, you know, particularly for young people that, um, you know, I think it's, <laughs> there isn't a manual for being an adult, is there? <laughs> so I think, like, being able to, to get those little insider tips, you know, no matter what they are, if it's something as, as easy as, like you say, on the end of aluminium foil, or if it's, you know, how to get a job in media... I think, like the fact that um, individuals, particularly or all businesses, but but individuals are putting that information out and not gatekeeping that information, I think is is so so important um, to, to young people.
0: Are there any podcasts or books that you think are worth checking out that might influence our thinking?
1: In terms of podcasts and books, I mean, I listen to so many different podcasts. I think, like to the point where if it's on if it's on my recommended page, I'll probably listen to it. So. Some of some of my favorites, um, there's a really good podcast called the Diverse Minds podcast, which is it's kind of all about accessibility, but it's not content specific. But it's it's just really, really interesting as it gives a platform to people who are, um, you know, experiencing the world in a different way. Um, and it's really helped certainly with some of our my content creation into thinking about just the different ways people are experiencing content just by hearing these people's lived experiences i think it's amazing and they've just done one about um being neurodiverse they're lovely lovely people that present it and uh, and yeah i think it it has just broadened things for me a little bit
0: that's it then thanks very much for coming on
1: yeah you're welcome this has been fun
0: So that's it. Episode six is done. Hope you enjoyed that. Next up, we've got Simon Lucy from The Hype Collective, and we're going to be talking all about parents as influences. Please rate the podcast if you like it, share it, do the usual stuff, and then thanks for listening. Bye.